0: Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host, Alex, and with me I have Dan. How are you, Dan?
1: Um, yeah, look, I'm, I'm all right. Um, obviously not the, the, the couple of results or performances we were, were hoping for or, or mm-hmm. expecting um, when we were discussing last week. But, um, yeah, I'm all right, despite all that. I mean, I got to watch the, the Mariners set a new, uh, it's just a club record in there, you know, their, uh, AFC, AFC Cup or whatever down yeah. here, yeah, nine one. After okay. after complaining in the chat at the halftime about why we why we aren't like four goals ahead, and then they obviously um, came out in the second half and put, you know showed their attacking prowess. I just we just need City to, to do that. That's it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I said in the um in the promo for this uh, when I posted on Twitter that it's probably the. Worst week, relatively speaking, worst week since that opening week of the, the loss to Norwich and the loss to Doncaster. So in terms of one point from two games, I suppose mathematically speaking, it's probably our worst week. But it didn't feel as bad as I think it's been made out to be in some quarters. I think, you know, as bullish as we were last week saying that two wins here could really sort of signal a statement of intent, I think we, we did know that whilst these were two promoted clubs, it was not your typical sort of two promoted clubs mm-hmm. in the sense that you know, Plymouth coming off that 6-2 win against Norwich and it's which, I mean, almost, almost you know, if not for Leicester, they're, they're having the best start to a championship season mm-hmm. almost of all time. So um, they're, they're two sides that have really started quite brightly. Um, and I don't think it's um, as poor a two results as as it'll look. I think in the fullness of time, it's not not as bad as it looks. But look, we'll start with that Plymouth game, which was on the weekend uh, a little while ago now. Um One that really, I mean, this was another game where, and as you were just alluding to, it's about the clinicalness of City's attack and and the lack thereof um, that we're starting to see in a couple of games now. Um, This one pretty much, I'd say, following the same script as that Coventry game. You could argue the Leeds game as well, um, where really we built into the game in the second half and, and could or should have won the game and just couldn't finish our chances.
1: Yeah, certainly. Um, I mean, it was a frustrating start, um, and it sort of built into. I think you know S- Slater kind of revived some hope just before half time, um, but yeah, it was a very frustrating second half where we were like do- really dominant, um, but again, yeah, that no end product and and lots of, sort of really really good chances. I was just running through the highlights again, and there was opportunities. Um, you know, where... Lovely Jones, the, especially. Yeah, well, there was a couple of those like big ones, but even even without that, like without the, the shots that were was, was saved, they were really, really close. There's a couple of opportunities where we seem to take the harder option. Um, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily... I don't dislike Trey uh his long-range effort as much as I think you did in the chat really was, like, why does he always go for the... The wonder goal, or whatever, but I like, thought, you know, from where it was, it wasn't a bad, it was a decent strike. And, you know, but, um, you know, there was, I think, one where Vinagre gets in to the box and Connolly, I think it is, just pulls off his shoulder and is on the edge of the 18 with no one around, him, acres of space. And he tries to feed it square or something, to someone at a much harder, harder play. It's sort of just go, sort of those moments where it's just like,
0: um, and, the and it right, really, right time. Yeah, it feels a really common theme and, and it's mm. it's it's almost along the same – well, it is along the same lines as my criticism in the Stoke game of um, Seri and Traore not turning and finding Philogen in space and mm. playing the ball doing quicker. And we'll talk in the Ipswich game, I suppose, about what the ideal looks like with this sort of passing mm. out from the back game style of the quick passing and the quick tempo um, – where it seems as if, as you say, we're not taking that easy option of a pass. It's like you've got this, in, in that case in the Stoke game, you've got this winger in acres of space. Why aren't you playing a quick ball to him to take advantage of that? In in this case, as you're saying, why aren't we playing the ball to Connolly on the edge of the box? Why aren't we taking these passes that are there? The players are getting in these positions. What, what is it? Is it the players just not used to the system? Is it players um, second-guessing what the right option is? But it just seems strange that the players aren't, backing themselves like is it like surely Racine is not sitting there saying you made the right decision not passing it to Connolly like you'd think he'd be sitting Mm. there saying why aren't you taking that pass so it's just it's a really weird situation to be in
1: yeah I think it's just that um you know I I feel like honestly it's just a little bit of like it's a little bit of greediness you know which is not necessarily like in, in and of itself is not necessarily a bad thing in football. Like you want players who want to score and you want players who wanna, you know, take that responsibility um, responsibility and you know, and be the one who does the, the thing that wins the game. Um, but I think that, you know, the good players are able to balance that out, and recognize, you know, when is the time to, to do that and to and to take it on and you know, take that have that make that moment about you and when is it when when are the opportunities just to say like, you know what? I've I've done the hard work to get to here, and if I just do this, like um, I mean, we scored the couple of goals we scored have been it's great exams over the last few weeks have been great examples of that. Um, you know, Philogene getting down the line and and you know cutting it across, you know, for for a tap in, um, and, and you know, those when when it works like that, it's great. But it's been a little bit um, that you know we, we sort of get in around the box, and for the most part, we're going. I like where It seems the players just go. I don't know really what I ha- what what to do, so I'm just going to shoot. Um, and I, I think that I think that I, like I honestly that's something that is going to you know that's that's gonna work itself out over the course of the season. We'll start you know each of those games. You you, you imagine it. We, I imagine that they're in their post match analysis, going like when you get into a position like this and you've got these are your options right? You tried to play this one. That's, you know, that's a low percentage ball. It's real hard for, if he gets it, he's hard for the turn, it's hard for the shoot. I was doing anything there, so, and, you know, and making them aware of those other options, you know, in future. So I imagine that they're like, that this is something that is going to improve, and I think you know, you look at our attack, and it's very different from last season, but the attack that we had last season compared to this season is very different um, already, and I think, um, I think we're going. We're on the right track. And I think some of that is like, I think Philogene's starting to really find his feet with us. I think he's started, he's look, looked really dangerous in the last probably two to three games. Definitely these two where we the team as a whole wasn't at its best. I it. think he was a standout pretty much in both games. Um, probably almost the only player who really looked dangerous every time he was on the ball. Um, and I think that, you know, once he, he starts to find his feet, he's got assists now. Or is it two? Just one? Two because
0: he got the one against um, mm. Stoke as well for Connolly. Mm.
1: So a couple of assists. I think he's starting to, to build and find his find his rhythm, find his form um, here. And I think once he gets going, I think he's going to be one. Once he gets a goal as well, he's going to – I think that'll boost his confidence up a heap as well and it'll start to be, become really, really dangerous. The, the player that we sort of know – that that's in there just waiting to be unleashed um but yeah i I think i I, it's that you know i think you sort of touched on it um where it's like these couple of games if you look at them in isolation it's pretty disappointing but when you look at it in the context of the of the season of you know this this process under rosina it's it's not really the end of the world and i think that sort of reflected in just this idea even with the attack where we're improving, but we're not at the end of the, like, we're not at where we want to be.
0: You mentioned our attack last season, and I can't help but think in terms of our lack of clinicalness in front of goal, there's a certain striker playing for Mets over in France who um, could be a pretty handy addition to this attack in um, Estepinian. And I, I can't help but think, <clears throat> especially with the fact that we weren't able to get Keenan Davis in from Aston Villa, that we've definitely gone in one striker light in that attacking um, department. And it seems to me, and look, we did see both of them start against Ipswich. And, and I mean, Connolly ended up with a bit of a knock in that game, which was a concern. But it seemed to me, given that, uh, again, Delap didn't start against Plymouth, that Resenia is rightly um, conscious of the fact that if we start with both strikers in Connolly and Delap, then we don't, A, don't have anyone to come off the bench to replace them who's a like for like, but B, if one of them then picks up a knock, you're in a much more precarious position as well. So it does seem as if our uh, inability or our the, the nature of our uh, transfer business towards the end of the window has in some way tied our hands a little bit with how we line up in games. Now, I mean, as I said, we saw both of them start against Ipswich, but... It does. I I can't help but feel, if we'd kept hold of Oscar, even though he doesn't necessarily play that more um, passing game, or you know, and he's not going to do a dilap sort of role in the side. But you throw him on for the last thirty minutes, he's someone who can get you a goal in the box quite capably. Yeah, I think. um, I I think it was. It seemed to be
1: like I, I agree. I think he would have been really valuable to have kept and just. Given us something a little bit different um, in that forward area. Um, someone who really is going to play as as a you know as a number nine, you know, a target man, mm-hmm. so he's going to yeah. stay up top. Um, you know, I hear I see lots of comments about people going, "Why why don't we play play to lap through the middle because he's bigger and more physical?" Well, you know, Oscar fills that um, space as well. Um, he'd be, I mean. All of those balls just coming in around the six-yard box—that's sort of his, his, you know, bread and butter, and that's sort of he, how he wants to, of course, seems to want to score his goals. Whereas, um, you know, Conor and Delat—they're going to really benefit from, you know, sort of being in those wider positions, being off the shoulder, being able to to, to run out, get behind, get around a defender, um, and be coming into the box at pace versus, um, you know, really just, I mean. Connolly's doing okay with his five um in that central position. But I think um yeah, it was it was an interesting one and I I know Rosina says he doesn't it didn't fit the style like the style that he wants to play, but I think it, once you get to that the point of the attack, as you said, like how much passing around does he really have to do? He just has to be able to put it in the net. And we saw him do it what thirteen times in his first season of the championship. So I, I think he he can do that part of it. For, he could have done that part of it. For us. There,
0: so. There's a certain striker that plays for Manchester City who who has something like ten to fifteen touches in this in an entire game, um, but he scored something like what was it sixty goals last season? Like you don't need to be an intricate passer to fit into a style like that and to actually succeed. Um, but look, <laughs> we'll leave that one there. Um, final point on this game before we moved on. Um, Rosina did after the game sort of call out. There was a bit of booing that. Took off after their goal, and you know we played it around a bit at the back, and um, almost coughed up a second goal as well. And um, I I do find it um, an interesting one, and and we'll talk about it a bit more with the Ipswich game as well, where they've kind of gone through a similar transition of styles. But I do wonder with. The nature of the game that we're trying to play. And, and I suppose, particularly because we are having this issue with urgency where we're not playing a fast style of play, whether there is that added frustration and particularly at home when we go a goal down, whether, you know, we're looking at the fact that before Rip Switch, we'd won three games in a row away whilst we'd drawn three games at home. Um, whether there is that sort of additional pressure that comes with playing at home and that, that, I guess impatience from the supporter base to to not um, not having the, like that end product or not yeah. having that result from the style of play at this stage. Yeah, look, it's certainly um,
1: it's a, it's a tough one I think because like obviously like you want to go out and you want you know, obviously like you we want a sold out stadium. You want to be playing in front of your your home fans, um, but I think. I think, unfortunately, like it's just sort of where we are at in in our progression. And I like, as you sort of said, like with, with with Ipswich and you know some of the comments from their fans and things as well. that like, that it wasn't all, they it's not they weren't always as as clinical as they are now in that system. Like, there was you know there were teething problems and there were frustrations along the way. So, um, and that. But like, if you just you can't just get to like a home game and go okay well we we to, we have to appease the fans here and make them happy so we we go away we don't worry about the system we're trying to build into that's just, you know the, the long-term goal we throw that away for the short-term goal of you know just making the fans happy for because we're gonna attack like attack quicker or whatever it is that they actually like what we really want because but the some of the complaints before, like before Allsop came, you know, it was oh, it's all tiki-taka. There's no, why don't we just, you know, play a long ball every now and then? We play a long ball, and you know, to Connolly, and you know, he scores. So that sort of, you know, it just seems like there's a little bit like, I mean, it's it's so easy to be a football fan because you can just complain about whatever you want. <laughs> well, you interestingly, I saw Because as you go along
0: it was interesting after the Plymouth game, I saw us a, a fun stat, which was that we actually had the second most successful long balls in the entire league for that game week. So you sort of think if the frustration coming away from the Plymouth game is why aren't we playing it long more? Why aren't we going up up top more direct, etc. Well, we are. It's 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 a varied game style, um, and we're actually doing it quite successfully. So, uh, to me. It's, in, it's an interesting one because obviously Grant McCann got a lot of criticism, particularly with the relegation season. Um, but I just don't feel like even during that League One season, there was frustrations with him. There was t- times where we kind of went, oh, look, maybe it's time to make a change, whatever. But there was never, I don't think there was ever this sort of like scrutiny and frustration and impatience and, and anger about the playing style. When we were sitting there in League One, having just gone through a relegation under the manager, and and we've got Rosinha, who righted the ship last season, got us playing pretty de- decent football. We're now sitting, you know, equal on points with the top six um, a season later, you know, sort of less than 12 months later. I just I can't quite understand. I can't can't quite fathom where this um, is. It, I almost wonder if it's because of Ajun and the expectations. What's what I was just years. saying. I was just thinking like I, part. It's of almost it, like that. It's almost like that's ra- like raised everyone's expectations, and therefore they're being more critical.
1: Yeah, I think I think part of it is is that like everyone was so um, everyone was so disillusioned with the alums and how everything was run that it was just like you know like yeah it was frustrating the way McCain, you know was. Stuck to his system and wouldn't change, but you sort of go, "Oh well, we all know that um, Ehab was was picking the team when Bruce was in charge, so he's probably picked the f- you know telling him what style to play. So you know, no point in complaining too much. Whereas you know now it's like, oh, we have got this new owner and he's putting money into the club, and he's t- or he's, his first like speech to the, about the club was you know a dream of taking us to the Premier League, and oh, and so everyone sort of got not carried away because I do want. You know i want to be excited by the proposition and feel that that see that as a realistic dream um but it does feel like a little bit where we've we've sort of ridden that wave and you know maybe lost track of, of of kind of where where we are at we're not you know that it was never a one season dream it's probably not even a two season dream like but that's the goal is to turn us into a club that's one sustainable and to improving and you know can get into the Premier League and actually you know work to to stay there um you know for for a time. So I think um I, I don't know, but yeah,
0: it's it's. It, it,
1: I, to I, me, to think me,
0: think. It, it comes across to me like if um, Brighton fans were saying we want to get rid of Deserby because we're not challenging for the title this season, like what are we doing, guys? Yeah. We should be challenging. Like it just feels very um mm-hmm. we're sort of trying to run before we walk. And as you say, like it might not be well. Most likely won't be this season. It'll probably be next season where we can really set ourselves for a proper, not only playoff but potentially top two push. Um, once the squad develops and grows together, um, but we have been talking about this game for 20 minutes. But we'll, we'll, we'll do our votes for this <laughs> game. We'll talk about that. Talk about the Ipswich game as well. Um, so I'll start with you for your votes.
1: All right. So uh, I know we ramble a bit with this, and we've done plenty of rambling. So I'll just be um, short and sweet. I go on three points to Philogene two points to
0: Slater, and one point to Tyler Morton. Yeah, very nice. I, I, I've gone for the same three players in a different order. I, I've gone Morton for the three. We haven't really touched on him, but I thought he had a um, really good game um, for us in midfield. And I think, was this his first start? Or was Yeah. Uh, no, did he start against Stoke as well? I can't remember. But um,
1: I think so. I think, he, I think it
0: was his second start. Second start, yeah. So he, he... I mean, we'll talk about it more with the Ipswich game, but he well, I suppose with the Slater injury um, uh, makes it a bit of a less interesting discussion. But I I thought initially I would have seen him coming into the side to replace Slater, but I think Series form is something to talk about as well. But um, we'll put that aside considering Slater's now out for a little while anyway. Um, Yeah, Philogene for the two. I thought, like you, he had a terrific game, Um, probably dropped off a little bit in the second half, which we saw again against Ipswich, but still easily one of our best and yes later i gave the 1.2 for the goal and um i think we definitely saw in that dip switch game you know a lot of people say what does he add to the team why is he playing every week you see when he's you you notice when he's not playing like he, he does do a lot of stuff for the side so yeah one vote for him um Okay, so Ipswich was uh, yesterday morning where we had Greaves, Coyle and DeLapp back into the side uh, for Finagre, McLaughlin and Slater who, as we just said, are out for two months with that hamstring injury, which is a real shame. Um, Yeah, look, this was an intense one. Like this is probably the first time I've seen Ipswich properly and like you hear about them, but then when you actually see them play, it's just like it's it's all action. Um, They scored pretty early in the game. Um, look, in fairness, I actually thought we looked really good after that. I mean, it was probably from about, what was it, the 15 or 20-minute mark when that, Connolly had that knock and Rossini had a mm. chat to everyone. And I think you'd said in the chat it's going to be a Tactical long way to half-time it. to get the <laughs> oh, take," but But he, yeah. he, he got it in a lot early. And, look, this is one of those things where he cops a lot of criticism. But i got to say, like, as a manager who can actually do well on game day and actually change mm. things around, Resenia makes it makes a difference. Like, he... Mm. Obviously it didn't impact the result, but you saw on the pitch like the difference I thought for yeah. the majority of that half where Ipswich were pressing us, they were doing doing what they do, but we were actually getting a lot of space, getting the ball through them, and starting to actually take a lot of dominance in possession, where I to the point where I thought, look, we're back in this, we're a chance of getting a goal here. And I think it was Connolly missed that chance from DeLap. Yeah. Um, Villagene had that shot, which um, was a really good chance to take as well. And then you know they scored just before half time, which which sort of you know our heads drop a bit after that. But that was probably the, the biggest positive was that first half. Yeah, look, it
1: it was um, it it was an education, um, and some people are you know disappointed. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed, but some people are I don't know furious or like uh, about the, the result and about the performance and. It's one of those, like, if this was the end of the season and we'd made the playoffs and Ipswich had somehow, like, forward to third or something, and this was the first leg of the playoffs and we played like that, yeah, I'd be furious. I'd be, you know, I'd be irate. But we're 10 games into the season. We've got points in eight of the games so far. I don't really understand, like, what the. What the deal is? Why everyone's? Why it seems that there are so many people who are so upset or disappointed or frustrated with where at people who like as much going like oh well we're and then like we're currently ninth or something goes like we're equal fifth. That's realistically we're equal fifth. There's five six teams or something on sixteen points and you know we're one of them. We're three points or four like three points behind fourth and four points behind third. Like it's never mind first and second there really uh, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but like it's, you know it's just, it's the championship that's what it is and i don't and people everyone's so happy to throw around the you know the, and say that the championship is the hardest league to get out of but then when we seem you know when we fight and we battle and things don't go our way all of a sudden you know we, we're not deserving of being in there or something. And it doesn't really seem to sit well with me, um, like, how, like, quickly. Like, it seems like we, you know, I think I said in the chat, you know, we beat Leicester and we're the best team in the league and then we lose to Ipswich, who's essentially... Leicester's equal, and and suddenly we're the worst team in the league. And I think you said it would be interesting to see what the reactions would be if if we flip those results and we yeah exactly beat it beat Ipswich, uh, the team that just got promoted, mm-hmm. but lost to Leicester, the team that just got relegated. Um, and I think there's probably is something to that the the psychology of um, of you know the, I guess the the reactions to you know you, we beat the relegated side, so suddenly that lifts the the expectations a lot more, um, but yeah, look, it was frustrating. I think you know, creditor Ipswich because they play a really positive brand of football and they do it really, really well, and um, they made it difficult for us. But I think, as as you say, like that first period, the first twenty minutes or so, we were just getting run ragged and we couldn't quite seem to match it up. And I think in the post match, he said. You basically said it. Uh, when coming went down, I got a chance to speak to everyone. I, you know, we switched to go man for man, uh, and that you know seemed to work. And then they, they tweaked again it, at halftime to to do it slightly differently. Uh, and you saw once they went man for man in defence, then it meant when they were when we were winning the ball, um, for whatever reason, it wasn't. It seemed like it was easier for us to then break through that press, um, yeah. switch it out the other side, and as you know, we let um you know go down the right side a few times through that um through breaking that press which seemed to also be you know having someone it, it wasn't a lap we weren't passing laterally to try and break the press we were drop, playing it dropping it deep and then going through the line um that way it seemed to be because i think a couple of times it was it was dropped to like from coil to greaves who then played it through to the midfield and then we went out but um that first little period it seemed like if we broke it, like broke it down the left, Villagine just sort of turned and was and was just going. But it seemed, you know, all the all the bodies are in that that space. Yeah, yeah. This wasn't quite working, but you know, a couple of tweaks, and I think you know, like our performance for in general got, I think, got better as the game went on. I think you know, even late, we were pushing, we were pushing to try and get, you know, get a goal, um, quite quite hard in the last you know fifteen or twenty minutes. But it was just a lack of, like, decisiveness and sort of clinicalness in just general play. Too many times where we went to pass into the midfield and that pass, you know, went astray, was eat or was you know too soft or too hard that allowed you know Ipswich to pick it off. Too many times, even when we went to pass it out out of our back out, um, ourselves, when we wanted to like you know we we play a ball out to the. Um, You know, Coyle or or Vinagre when he came on, and he's, you know, he makes that run and then he's got to hold and he's got to wait for that ball to get to him. It's just like those little things, you know, those passes need to be right. They need to be in front of them. They need to have the right pace on them. Otherwise, you do get stuck where you've got to hold, you've got to wait, you wait to get the ball, and then, you know, all of those forward options are closed down. You kind of have, we end up having no choice but to go go back. Um, I think you sort of touched on it before about Sari. I think mm. he has been pretty poor. Um, probably a lot probably yeah, since definitely that snow game really definitely these two. But yeah, yeah. I, maybe even yeah. He's I think this year, I think he's been a little bit down on I think he's not been terrible. People. Yeah. I don't think he's been terrible. I just think um, he seemed to be, and whether that was just because he picked up was picking up more of the load last year, or something, he seemed to be more influential last year. And he certainly still had his moments, but I think for he's also for, for just as many like good moments, for just as many balls where he's like chipped it in for Connolly to to score a goal, or you know where he's put put in a brilliant switch for Delap or whatever. There's been just as many unfortunate, but you know, slips on the edge of the box. Mm. Um, you know, a pass that you know, when we're trying to play out, that's gone to the opposition or whatever. And so I think is it just he, yeah, he he's been one who's been really disappointing in terms of not being clinical with the football. Where you know, when we bought him, that's what we were expecting was a was you know, a, you know that the midfield maestro, good on the ball, tidy passer, top, you know, and. He, just not really delivering that at the moment which is a bit
0: frustrating and I think the other one who was a bit of a shame in this one was Traore who um, came off at halftime for Twine which was probably the right call in terms of who came on Um, but yeah Traore in this one didn't look great and we sort of talked I think in the chat around who the culprits are in terms of that more methodical slow labouring style of play And, and and it does seem as if it's mainly Sarri, Traore to an extent as well, though Traore um, is able to play those quicker balls in behind um, at times, which is still quite effective. But um, you almost think, you know, it's a shame that that Slater got injured, but you almost think if it's a Slater, Morton and um, Twine midfield, I'd say, I mean, that feels a bit too attacking maybe, Um, but you've got a few workhorses in there who can win the ball back in in Slater and Morton. who can play the ball but it just feels a lot more mobile whereas is quite slow on the ball he, he's he's getting on a bit as well I think he's 31 so you think in a game like this high tempo against tip switch two start yeah no, <laughs> tension isn't it um two starts in four days or whatever it was as well hmm. um he's a hard one to drop it does it does sort of bring you know, cast my mind back to that uh, was it 14 15 no 15 16 season under bruce when you've got Diami and Hernandez and stuff, where it almost and, and Huddleston as well, where you almost felt like that midweek game was always a struggle because those yeah. guys just didn't have the legs for a, for a second game in a week. Uh, and Treyore and Seri both feel along those lines as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Treyore's had the huge injury layoffs, so you yeah. can't help but think maybe they don't have the legs for that. <clears throat> um, and the other one who we haven't really called out was Christie. I feel like has just had a really down start to the season. Um, another one where like he he. You know, we played Coil out on the left. I almost think, I don't know if it's just a lack of faith in Vinagre or what it is, but whether you well, we start had two
1: left backs on the
0: bench, yeah, which because Furlong was there as well,
1: so you had and, you think, you and know, Vinagre and, on the bench, and we played Coyle and Coil and, in and, and, and he's back. actually been he's been Coyle's been I thought I think pretty good at right back, like you know this season I think he's you know like lots of people slayed him as well. I think he's, and I, but I think the most of that's because he's not the. I don't know, like, he's he's just the work. He's like a worker. Yeah. He works real hard and he's sort of no-nonsense, but he's not, like, the style, you know, player or whatever that people want. He's not, you know, the super-athletic wingback or whatever. But, oh, you, we've still got three like, he of is them. athletic.
0: But. Yeah, but we've still got three of the back four from our late one season, yeah. which I feel like people just kind of can't get yeah. to grips with. that It's but the like, same.
1: But you say They're that. It's still good. But, yeah. then, but, well, I just think you look at Ipswich. Who's yeah. basically yeah. Out their team that won League One last year? Yeah, because um, that's you know, it, and they're like it's not the 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 fact no, that no, that's right, who that's Played right. in yeah. League One should be irrelevant because look at some of the players that have played League One and you know, I mean, and they have, like Jamie Barty who did the like yeah,
0: yeah.
1: trips up the up the pyramid pyramid Sam Clucas who did the trip up the pyramid for us, um, you know, and they're only two, and I'm, I'm sure there's yeah, you
0: know, yeah, there's there'd there'd be heaps.
1: It's just, yeah, it's it's a weird, I think it's just that almost like snobbery about like League One to, or towards League One, getting, like, like the championship that where had. If you League One team or a League One player, ugh, no, we don't want anything to do with you. I,
0: I think for us there's also that added layer of like pre and post Ajun, where you kind of go, these are guys we bought yeah. under a different model. When we had a different budget and a different aspiration, why are we still playing? Like I think there's definitely, yeah. I think there's definitely an unconscious element of that as well. Yeah. Greaves escapes it because he, because he's the homegrown player. Jones escapes it because I suppose Jones is just Jones, like he's he's so consistent and so good. Um, Slater cops it a bit sometimes. I, I've definitely seen yeah. criticism for Slater in terms of you know what does he bring to the side, and we definitely felt his absence in this one, but. Um, there's definitely for that whole group of players. Um, I think, you know, Doherty, who I thought, and I was like, "That's a good segue." Because I was going to say, Doherty came on in this one, Cynic as well. I thought both were reasonable. Um, come into the conversation for the Millwall game as well. I mean, we've got so many players now starting to pick up injuries. It is good to see someone like Doherty back and Cynic as well getting some minutes as well. And Laquillo supposedly fit for the weekend as well is is a great sign too. Yeah, I think
1: like if if Doherty was just a little bit fitter, um, because obviously he's not played a lot of football. Um, missed, I think most of the preseason, most of this uh, obviously so far. I'd say I'd almost say like you know, he's probably closest, you know, for Slater um, mm. in terms of the way they play and the way they like to sort of you know, you know, the big engine and like to you know get run run into the channels and you know work you know do all that. Uh, he's probably closer, but I don't think he's—he's he's certainly not going to be fit enough to start, um, which is a shame. I, th- yeah, but again with um, with Cynic I thought was was really good and it was a great. Oh, I obviously just had the chat like before I game on and got told like, yeah, we need to move the ball quicker, just get in like one touch pass, like just let's move around. Um, I felt, what do you, and that the shot that he had at first, I was like, what the, the what is he doing? And then I, the the camera panned up and you saw the um, Ipswich keeper on the edge of the eighteen and went, huh. Yeah right. Yeah, it was a decent. Um, it was a little audacious, but um, yeah, I think I mean shows like at least some awareness. Um, and I thought he was involved in some good, some good play. Um, was working hard to, um, yeah, pass around. I think one or two silly tackles in defence. Classic, classic, uh, classic um, wingers or classic forwards tackles, um, but. I thought yeah i thought it was, i mean it was good to see them return from injury um and i think even just for seeing just to see him like it just to put in a, a good performance because i think the couple of times we saw him last last season he just never really seemed to to look like he was gonna fit in or look like he was capable or really seemed like he had that much to offer but i thought um yeah he looked like i mean as as good as pretty much, as L'Aquila or you know, any of those guys that are just sort of coming off the bench to fill those um, spaces late in games. So it was good to see, yeah, good to see the
0: return. Back. Yeah, and look, he made his way into my votes. He got the one vote for me. Um, I gave the three to Philogene. Um, it, this is a tough game to pick votes from, I thought, because it was just a game that it felt like backs against the walls for, for a large mm. chunk of it. Um, yeah. And I gave the two votes to Delap. We are sort of talking about him before. It's funny with Delap playing on that right wing. Um, it sort of reminds me of... Um, you know, and, and and my club actually did it during last season where you, you try a new style of tactic for a game and it works and you win the game against against expectations and you go, oh, geez, we should try this every game. It's going to win us all these games. Because the lap on the right wing against Leicester was brilliant and it worked and we won the game. <clears throat> and now we've seen him there about two or three times, like against Stoke and here as well. And I think, well, oh, it does work and it's great. But as we were talking about earlier, um, I think seeing him through the middle and maybe Connolly off the bench could be something we return mm. to. Um, I think especially against Millwall, you'd want to have someone like DeLapp probably challenging or, or pushing back mm. their centre-backs more so than their wingers. But um, we'll, we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Um, but, yeah, that, that was my three votes. What, what did you? How did you say it?
1: Uh, exactly the same. Uh, Fair
0: enough. Philogene, DeLapp,
1: Cynic. yeah. Um, I thought, uh, yeah, Philogene, again, was, I thought it was outstanding. as I mean, in a, in a losing side, was was the standout for us. Um, and a looked really dangerous. I think you know, almost set up Connolly, but with his big that that was one of his his you know big runs. Um, but a few of those, like you know, got outside his defender, got in the channel, and drove you know at you know at the Ipswich um, goal and tried to make things happen. Um, and yeah, Cynic with a with a nice um, return from injury, a solid sort you know. 20 minutes
0: or whatever we got. Yeah, good shout. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll try and uh, um, breeze through this player review and get on to Millwall. I'm conscious we've uh, already been going close to 40 minutes. We're, we're making good time here. Um, we'll talk to Sean McLaughlin, who uh, somewhat surprising has made 77 appearances for City. I mean, I suppose not hugely surprising. I, I'd actually forgotten until I saw the other day like one of those out-of-context accounts. They did like an out-of-context City account, which was the... I want to say it was the lineup for the 8-0 against Wigan and he started at center back which sort of it's one of those it's it's like when you see a player in a really old lineup for a team and you go oh jeez I almost forgot that he played for them and you go I forgot that he was playing games for us in that era like it's yeah. almost like it's a completely different era of a side. um but yeah 77 appearances obviously played a bit during the, the league one season as well and then and then since then as well but he's, um, he's he's been with us for a long time yeah yeah, yeah, because he's what got, 2018 us. or 19 or something like it? I think it was oh, I should have written that down, shouldn't have My notes. <laughs> I think it was something like 2018 because he then went on loan to St. Mirren for a season. See so yeah. we signed him from Cork, which, you know, mm. it's it's one of those I'm trying to think like Brian Lenahan and those guys, but you signed them from Ireland and you it's sort of a speculative signing. Yeah, 2019, um 78 appearances for us now after after the Ipswich game. But he uh, he's one of those ones where, look, when he's, taken, when he's had his chances, he's taken it. Um, he's shown himself to be pretty dependable. Um, I do wonder, I mean, having just talked about that, that stigma attached to the the pre-Ajun era, we, we, we seem to have this issue. Like, we've got these, this great set of centre-backs, but you almost think to progress, we probably do need to start upgrading them and where are the weak spots in the defence. And I would say perhaps that he... At 26 years of age, he's good. He's got a great long ball on him when he wants to ping it. Maybe he's one that we look to to move on over the summer. Perhaps I. It's hard to say because, and it's the same with Jones, and it's the same with Greaves, where you go. They're all great, but you've got to start upgrading eventually. Potentially, maybe not. Maybe we keep them and and they just you know get better with the side as the side gets better. I
1: but think I don't think it won't even be a choice for us. I think it'll be a, the the thing where. If we don't go up this season, and I, I don't think we will. I think we'll be. I think we're we'll very close to being in can, in discussion for playoffs coming in the season. But I, you know, even if we make them, I don't know if we'll be um, going up. But I think if we yeah. don't, I yeah. think the, the the conversation about Greaves, um, you know, is going to rear its head again. Um, I think someone will come in for him, and I think if enough money is offered, I think regardless of hometown hero status, regardless of anything else, I think he might go and that then is an opportunity. I don't think, like, uh, the, the the advantage that Greaves has over McLaughlin is his age, realistically. Mm, yeah, um, And I think if he went, then that gives you the money to then go, okay, well, let's go and try and bring someone in um, to and make that upgrade then. I, I, I don't really know if selling, yeah, I can't see it playing out where we sell one um by choice to, to to make that to fund an upgrade. I think it's sort of gonna be more that someone comes in and says, we'll give you, you know, we'll give you twelve million for Greaves or whatever, and we we'll go, all
0: right. Mm. Um, well, because I think we signed mclaughlin and Jones to longer term deals last mm-hmm. summer, um, off the back of interest in both of them. Um so it does seem as if there's that interest there in McLaughlin. I just feel like, I mean, it's still gets interesting because we sold Figueredo in the summer and didn't really replace him because we've got Andy Smith who's, who's sort of that that next option in line. I just wondered now at 26 whether we're looking at McLaughlin and saying it was always going to be two of the three of Greaves, Jones, McLaughlin. McLaughlin's sort of on the outer. <clears throat> and I take your point as well. I think Greaves probably goes in the summer. It feels like... I guess
1: my, my other question would be if yeah. you it, it, if like you bring in an upgrade, who then out of Greaves and Jones is replaced by your
0: upgrade? Well, I suppose the way I'd say it is you'd almost be going Greaves out McLaughlin out, and then you're upgrading Greaves to a better player and then you're bringing in a younger player. As the understudy to replace McLaughlin almost. So you're going like two out so, and then so, so, one up, Okay, one so, out. So,
1: so Andy Smith becomes our new Sean McLaughlin, potentially. suppose, yeah. Yeah. In in theory, as a cheap option. Um, and then, okay, so then we get rid of potentially two and then we show. So you'd him. almost go, you'd this, almost go, y-
0: y- yeah, you're selling Greaves yeah. and McLaughlin. Potentially you're upgrading, gr- like the starting player, yeah. you're upgrading to a better player to start. And then you're bringing in. Maybe not a cheap, maybe you bring in like mm-hmm. a highly promising centre back from a Premier League club for a decent fee, but one who's happy to develop mm-hmm. and, and not start every game. Um, where oh, we do another, um, low, low or we deal another the loan buy, yeah. because we've
1: done, who, we had, um, was it uh, Tamori? We had yeah, like, well, Tamori? the more
0: recent one was um, oh. Dishon Bernard, who, who wasn't. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I, I just feel like at 26 yeah. now, McLaughlin's probably getting... Yeah. Look, and, and this is, a, you know, with, with this player review, we sort of assess their time. So I think he's had a great, like, mm-hmm. for how much we would have paid for him from Cork, Um, for what the expectations would have been when he came in, I think he's been really serviceable, really good. Um, He's probably in that Ingram category of when he's gone, unfortunately, <laughs> he's just part of this era where... He's not going to be looked back on in the same way that someone with a similar number of appearances would have, mm. like a, I don't know, um, like a race. Even a race, Burke, I, I think, is probably a little bit different. But like he, he, he didn't hasn't played that many more than mm. than McLaughlin. But I don't know. I just I don't think he'll get the credit he deserves for how well mm. he's played for us. Um, but in saying that, I think he's probably this is probably his ceiling for us, I think, is that mm. sort of that playoff challenging side. And if we want to progress to an actual promotion candidate, we probably need stronger depth um, or a better starting centre-back yeah. for him.
1: Yeah, well, that's, that's fair. I think, um, I, I feel like there's a part of it where McLaughlin's been really unlucky not to have been out of way to force his way into the starting 11 on a more consistent basis. because I think, realistically, he's never really done that much wrong. He's always been really solid, um, and the fact that yeah he's only managed to rack up the seventy, what eight appearances or something yeah over yeah over four or four or five seasons is a bit rough, because um, that's basically meant for for like two if it's four seasons and two and a half of those is just sat on the bench yeah. Yeah, Once no, was, for he sure. Was no. Out, he, was, he was out of line for one of those seasons. But yeah. still, like, he spent a lot of time just riding the pine, which is very frustrating. I think he deserves better than that. I think he's a player who well, deserves to be playing. But I, I, and I, that's yeah, what, where do you, you know, without an injury yeah. or without a suspension, how do you force him in unless you want to try and do three at the back or something? But.
0: And that's why I'm like, we, we've been so consistent with our, you know, touch wood. We've been so consistent with our back four in terms of, or oh, sorry, our, our, our two centre-backs in terms of injuries, like, the only way he's actually really gotten into the side is when Greaves has shifted to left back. Like mm. it's not been through injuries or suspensions, really. It's been when Greaves has played a different position because mm. Greaves and Jones just don't miss games of football. Um, and that's where I compare him to Ingram where I'm like, he's just unlucky to have not played more games. Like he's been with us through, you know, I think him and Ingram have probably been with us. They probably joined in the same window mm. just about, because I think they've both been here since 2018, 2019 sort of time. Mm. Um, and um you know, there's there's nothing you can really say. Like as you say, like he's never really had a, a poor game or a standout. If he started the eight nil against Wigan, he's probably had a couple of poor <laughs> games. <laughs> but um no, look, I think. But I think, uh,
1: yeah, no, not a game where he himself like no. he's like that game. I think you you just scrap. Everyone was yes yeah. shit in that game, but like. Yeah, I can't I can't really remember any games where like everyone else was good, but we lost because McLaughlin was shit.
0: Stuffed up or so, something. Yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it. Uh well let's let's talk Millwall now. Let's round things off with the game against Millwall. There's a couple of players uh, at Millwall to be reunited with. Obviously Ryan Longman can't play against us because he's there on loan. But uh, George Honeyman, I haven't actually heard too much about him this season. I assume he's been playing for them. Um, but I think George Long left them in the summer, I want to say. So I think it's only those two uh, that we'd come up against on the weekend. I'm just having a look at their lineups now. Um, yes, okay. He was an unused substitute against Plymouth, which is interesting. But um, they've got two wins in their last five. They did beat Plymouth, um, our most, our second most recent opponents, um, midweek. Um, so struggling a little bit. It, it's Gary Rowett's under probably a little bit of pressure there now, having missed the playoffs a couple of times with them and now having a bit of a rocky start to the season. And I think with managers who have that more dour defensive style of football, once the results evaporate a little bit, the pressure definitely comes on a lot quicker. Um, so it'll be an interesting game in that sense, I think, if we were to win reasonably comfortably, um, it might be an interesting time for Gary Rowett there. It it feels a little bit to me like quite a comparative game to the Stoke fixture. Um Going away to a side who've been generally pretty decent, pretty solid, but going through a bit of a rough patch, um, and, and as a result, a game that, that we really should be targeting for the three points to bounce back from, you know, the last two fixtures for us.
1: Yeah, know I, um, I've tipped us to to, to bounce back um, in the, in our, in our um, uh, prediction league, but uh, I think I. I think everyone, you know, the, the players, coaching staff, everyone, you know, can see that these last the one point from these last two games is disappointing. I, I think, it, it, I think that as well. You know, had we beaten Ipswich, uh, sorry, had we beaten Plymouth and still lost to Ipswich, I don't think it would have maybe been as felt as as frustrating as it was. Um, but I think just the one point from those two was was, was pretty dour. I think this is a really good opportunity um, to to bounce back. To, um, to, to, I guess, like re- re- recover some some form, some pride, some something because there's not many. You know, I, I know we we win out. We they. They tried and they went okay, but I think you know Ipswich really outplayed us. And so this is a good opportunity for the for us to to our players to stamp you know stamp the the authority on a game again um, before they before we have those that couple of week breaks. So it's always good to go into those breaks um, on the back of a victory. So I'm hoping we can um, hoping we I'm com- I'm confident that we can manage that.
0: Yeah, I, I think um, I think it's a good opportunity for us. And as we touched on earlier, there's a couple of players pushing for returns from injuries now, Laquillo back, Cynic building up some fitness, Doherty maybe for minutes off the bench again. Um, I suppose the only flag out of the Ipswich game was Coyle's um, head knock, whether Mm. that keeps him out again. uh, I know he missed a week previously, so he missed the Plymouth game through the... I I didn't even realise that they had concussion protocols in football. Mm. Um, We have it down here in other sports, but it's good good that they do. Mm. um, If he's got a head knock and he's missed the week... whether he has to miss another week um, off the back of that. It, whether I, I don't know if it's like a like busted nose or something like that, so maybe he'll be okay. Um, but in terms of changes for this one, I suppose, um, is there anything that sort of jumps off the page at you to, to change up?
1: Well, if Coyle is okay, which I'm not sure, because I think he busted his nose before, and that's part of the reason yeah. that he missed the week as well. And so then like he got another knock and... Um, you could tell he was in pain and, and frustrated. I think by the whole. Was that, was thing. that against Leeds? Was it? Possibly, yeah. That would, I think that would make sense. Oh uh, yeah, because yeah, it was Greaves. Him and Greaves, Greaves, Greaves that smashed it, in yeah, a yeah. corner or something, and they yeah, yeah. He cleaned him up. Um, so I think if he's available, I think he should go back. He goes back to the right, and Christie goes back to the bench, and Vinagre probably starts um, on the left. Um, if he's if he's not, then still it's, it's Christie on the right and Bernardo on the left. I think the, the, I don't know why we have left backs if we're not yeah. going to play them um, in position. If 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 we come into this game and Coils out and we start Christie on the right and we shift Greaves to left back or something, I think I might lose my fucking mind. Um, like I just I, 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 I don't saw hate Greaves playing there. I think he does like he does a great job yeah. there. But I just go like, we have specialist left backs why are Uh we not playing and if they're that shit that a center back can play there be better than them why do we sign them in the first
0: place i was going to say i saw the comment why did we get rid of elder who was a reasonably competent backup left back and sign vinagre if we're going to have two left backs on the bench graves at center back Mm. and play a right back at left back like what was the point um Yep, that's probably the only
1: thing that really frustrates me is if that puzzle plays out in that way. But I think I think a left back has to start a left back. That's that's my main change. Um, and I think you're probably right. I think maybe I think you referenced it before, but possibly like Traore out and t- maybe yeah, Twine into that midfield three. Um, I guess. Um, I'm not even really sure exactly how we've been lining those up. Are we playing like two defensive or is it just one defensive? And-
0: yeah, it's interesting. I see the graphics in the um, in the highlights it, packages where it's like we're playing a four-two-four, and I'm like, it feels more like a 4-3-3, but I, I don't mm. quite know how we're lining it up. Because I'd almost so, think you'd have, you'd have that middle 3B, Sari uh, Morton mm. and um, Twine, and then mm. I'd go a front three where you'd have if, if he's fit enough to start, maybe a Laquillo, Philogene, and mm.
1: and
0: have like two proper wingers and Delap yeah. and then you have Connolly to come off the bench late.
1: Yeah, I think some of that um, makes sense as long as um, like if Twines that the the, the connecting piece that attacking um, mm. midfield or like more advanced midfielder without having too much um, defensive responsibility, um, I think that will work out. Okay, um, but yeah, know, I, uh, I think that's probably the only that's probably the piece of the puzzle that isn't quite working. Like the other, I think that that's the thing that's not making the whole system quite work at the moment is what's going on in the, in that midfield three. Um, yeah, yeah, because you know, it comes to there, and that seems to be where it's slowing down. That's where we're turning back and playing back, and where you know if if the, get those guys to be. You know decisive and direct and, and you know quick to 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 move the ball on. um then i think that then we'll start to see um some really good forward progress in, in how what the system how going to work for us um, that's where the biggest frustration at the moment it seems the only way that we play those passes quick is if it's a long ball like you know a big switch of play down to the other wing or whatever but we should they should be able to be able to be getting a touch pass, touch pass, touch pass, and move it around and, and, and find those spaces and, and create those spaces and then be able to work instead of just having to, like, having to go all the way back to, um, you know, back to also, I was going to say Ingram, but it's not Ingram anymore, back to also or back to Greaves or whoever. But I think. As much as it is the guy who's got the ball to, to, to re, you know release it quicker, it's all it means. Also, the guys around need to make sure that they are you know moving and, and giving viable options. But you know it's again that being predictive versus reactive you need to be for before you know Sarah gets the ball. Um, those options need to be. there. I think as well. Like I think for the most part it has. I think the one. that... Against Plymouth, where we almost coughed up another goal. It was the right pass. It just like it, it the ball ballooned up to, to Jones and yeah. it was really difficult. And if it if it had been able, if it pinged on the ground to him, he takes a touch, he plays it out, and we're out of there. It's just those little things in general that aren't quite, you know, falling for, for us. But at the same, by the same to like, same way, how long do you let, you know, the bounce of the ball be your excuse? You know, you know, yeah 10 that's games it into the, season. the bounce of the ball can you know it sort of only only works for so long and, you know once hey, if look, you get another 10 to get halfway through the season and we're still blaming the bounce of the ball for stuff going wrong well, then i think we've got issues
0: i mean the bounce of the ball also helped with philogene's assist for the uh goal against Plymouth. to be fair the way it sort of spun back into play mm-hmm. was quite fortuitous so it has worked in both ways but um Oh, yeah, look, it, it's, it's really an interesting game. I, I do really get strong Stoke vibes from it, that it's that sort of game where it's away from home against the side under pressure. If we can get at them early, um, put them on the back foot, you know, crowd might get on edge. Um, it could play into our favour quite well. Uh, how, how do you see the score for this one?
1: Um, I think I tipped, We're in, the, in our prediction league, I've, I've gone 2-0, um, a 2-0 victory. Um I'd, I'd like to see another clean sheet. And um, it's been, yeah. it's been well, I guess, leads.
0: Two. two mm. Only two for the season, yeah. Mm. So, um, so,
1: no one of those would be good. A um, couple of goals would be good also. I really yeah. hope Phil Georgian gets a goal, um, I think yeah. that'll, that'll just send him, I think, on his way for the season. Mm-hmm.
0: He, he's looked really sharp. Look, yeah, he, he, he's playing well enough that he deserves a goal. That he, he's had the shots, he's had the the chances. Twine getting a goal as well would be great. Um, get that confidence up. Um, I know that means he'd have to get the shots on target first, but I'm sure, I'm sure there's something coming there. Um, yeah, look, I, I think I've gone two one in our prediction lately because yeah, I just there, there's something about us at the moment we just can't seem to keep the clean sheets. It's like we have that lapse of concentration at least once a game. Um, a clean sheet would be great. Like a nice two or three nil win would be perfect and a perfect tonic for the week we've had. And and, then as you say, sets us off well for the international break, but um, I think it'll be a tight one, but you know, like I said, I I think I get vibes of that stoke away game where we should be, we should be competent enough that we can overrun them. We've got the quality now, Um, you know, getting players back from injuries as well will help. It's a shame that Tufan seems like he's out until after the international break. Mm. Um, So we'll have to see how that one fares. But, you know, on the whole, I'm pretty confident heading into this one. So, look, should be a good game. Um, And uh, we'll certainly be back to chat about it after the international break. Um, But until then, thanks for joining me for this one, Dan.
1: No worries. It
0: turns out we don't need Logan to go for an hour
1: anyway.
0: That's it. Yeah, it's been been a nice long one. Lots to talk about. Uh, So hopefully everyone enjoyed listening into this one. We'll be back after the international break. But until then, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast, The Tigers Down Under. For more discussion, join us on Facebook at the Hull City AFC Australia Facebook group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Odds. The music was created by Amber Black. Time. Yeah, the city's on fire We're going higher and higher There's no turning back, cause you're